0: Welcome, welcome to edification, patient. Enjoy, Enjoy and, and be blessed, blessed by this word tonight. Word tonight. Stay tuned, stay tuned. shalom. shalom. Welcome, welcome, welcome to edification, patient. Enjoy, Enjoy and be blessed and by blessed this word tonight. Stay tuned, state, shalom. 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 Welcome, welcome to edification, patient. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned, stay shalom, Welcome, Welcome to Wordification. Enjoy and be blessed by this word tonight. Stay tuned, stay tuned, shalom, shalom. a very good evening to you wherever you are all across the world welcome to edification. it is an honor to be here and to be alive welcome to december a month of finishing strong in the lord as well as finishing in every other area of our lives and um I want to welcome everybody who has tuned in and I want to say that you'll be blessed for coming to receive of the Lord and from the Lord as well. I believe that um, what we have started sharing on the rapture last week I believe was a blessing to us. I believe we got to understand it in the way the Holy Spirit wants us to understand. And so, tonight we're moving into part two of the rapture of the church. Permit me if uh, my voice is a little bit on the the low side, but I will try as much as possible to be audible enough for everyone to hear. Alright, and let me also say that God bless you again for joining tonight's broadcast on the Rapture of the Church, Part 2. I want to say that we do not own rights to third-party audios that's being used or are we, what we are hearing tonight and other ones that you've heard previously. These third-party audios that we use are, are being used for promotional purposes. And we are backed by Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, which allows this material to be used for fair use only. All right, so that is just a disclaimer for us as well. All right, so let's share a word of prayer and then we'll start tonight's broadcast by the grace of God. Father, thank you that you always hear us. Thank you for the people gathered to hear and to listen to your voice. We pray that through this message you shall quicken us up and we shall be awoken unto the reality that you are coming for the church and that we shall be ready thoroughly ready and equipped to meet you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, so last week we looked at a very important subject which seems to be fading away in the the body of Christ, actually. Um, But you realize that there are a lot of scriptures that back um, the coming of the Lord. And one of the scriptures that we, we looked at last week was in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. And the Bible says that, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind, who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who are falling asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who are falling asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first after that we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever therefore encourage one another with these words now with the background of this story we, we discussed the last week but a brief recap and then we move on to today's message now I I, I said that this particular scripture was written to the people of Thessalonica. And here, Paul was trying to address an issue that had come up. And the issue was that many of the people knew of the message of the rapture of the church in that time. But they had a fear. What was the fear? The fear was that they were thinking that the people who had died in the faith we're not going to partake of the rapture praise god and so these were concerns that paul had picked up or that had been sent or directed to him in the form of a question or maybe a worry a worrisome question and paul writing to the people of or the church in thessalonica addresses this issue in chapter 4 of first thessalonians where he's telling them that he does not want them to be uninformed in other words ignorance is like a cancer to the christian ignorance is very 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 deadly anyone who does not know what he or she has as a child of god is as dead as anything else Ignorance have caused kings to look like servants. Ignorance have made kings to be serving like servants, like puppets, like sleeps, because of ignorance. So Paul tells them that he starts by saying in verse 13 that he does not want them to be uninformed about the subject matter, about the fact that they were worried about people who were asleep in the law. When we say somebody is asleep in the law, We mean somebody died in the faith. Somebody died as a Christian. Somebody has transitioned from death to life. Hallelujah. Now, he's telling them that they should not be uninformed about those who sleep in death. In the sense that they should not think that those who have died in the Lord, that is it, that they they are lost. So they should not grieve like the rest of mankind, actually, who have no hope. But then he's telling them that for us believers, our hope is in Jesus, not just in Jesus, but in the fact that Jesus died and he rose again. And because he rose again, we believe that he will bring back, that is God, the Father, will bring back with Jesus those who are falling asleep in him. Hallelujah. So, So, he's telling them in verse 15 as well, that he says, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who are falling asleep. In other words, those who will be quickened up, those who will be raised up first, will be those who are falling asleep in the Lord, according to to the scriptures, with regards to the rapture of the church. That is why the Bible says clearly, in the verse 16, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So, the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, let's note, when somebody dies, the body decays. The soul and the spirit are separated. But when 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 the Lord comes down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, when that happens, everything of that person who is dead will come back, and it will bring up the person back to life. The person will have his or her body that was put in the ground, but this time it will not be that same body that was put in the ground, but it will be the glorified body of Jesus. The same type of body that Jesus has today in heaven is the same type of body that the believer who is dead in him will get for the dead in christ shall rise first then we who are left behind when it says we who are left behind it's not talking about those who be left behind and will not be partakers of the rapture no it's talking about those who have not died yet in him but are followers of him but are close relationship workers with him these ones will be the next in line so there are two people those who, who are dead in Christ first and then those who are not dead. So those who are not dead, the Bible says in verse 17 that after those who are dead are risen or are quickened out, we who are still alive will be caught up together with those who are dead in Christ but have now been risen by the power of God. And we'll meet them where in the clouds and we'll go and meet the Lord in the air. We'll be floating. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, we will be with the Lord forever. Isn't that amazing? And it goes on to the verse 18 that we should encourage one another with these words. So this was what we discussed last week. Praise the Lord. And we spoke about pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. Where I said that there are three school of thoughts that believers have, not outside the church some believers have the pre-tribulation ideology some have the mid-tribulation some have the post-tribulation now the pre-tribulation i said last week was that the event of the rapture will happen before the main issue of tribulation starts the suffering and all that and there's also another school of thought that talks about the mid-tribulation that the suffering and the problems will start then in the midst of the suffering the lord will come and rapture the church that's another school of thought. And then also there's the post-tribulation, where it is said that after the tribulation, after the suffering and everything has ended, then the Lord will come for the church. So these are the three school of thoughts. But according to the scriptures, according to 1 Thessalonians, this is what we call the pre-tribulation. That is what you should believe. That is what I should also believe in. Praise the Lord. All right. So that was basically a summary of what we discussed last week. And so tonight we'll move on to part two of this important message, the rapture of the church. So as I said last week, I began with a brief look at the conditions that would precede the rapture. And... Conditions that show us that we are at the very brink of that blessed event. Where I spoke of the, in Matthew 24, about the rumors of wars, famings, and even when you look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible talks about the fact that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves, men will be conceited, men will love pleasure rather than God, men would have a form of godliness but deny the power therein, and so on and so forth. Men will be disobedient to their parents, and so on and so forth. These are all signs of the end. All right. Now, today, or tonight, sorry, by the grace of God, I want us to look at the specific details that will take place when the trumpet call of God goes out and the beginning of the end, as we know, is initiated. So that's what, by the grace of God, we're going to look at tonight. Now, when that happens, when the trumpet call of God sounds, according to 1 Thessalonians for Thirteen downloads. It will be the most earth-shaking event. It will be the most cataclysmic event the world has ever known to date. And it will be something that will get the attention of the entire planet. All over the world, it will be known. All over the world, it will be known. Everywhere, 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 everywhere. And it will be the signal of the time of final judgment that the scripture says will soon take place. Now, I want to address the concept of a general judgment that many people today have come to believe. Now, this is the idea that people have, that Christ will come. Christ will gather all people before him. Christ will then pass judgment on them. And then Christ will send them either to heaven or Or to hell. Many people today, even Christians, believe that somehow God will look back over each individual life and tell the person, "Well, for example, well, the good outweighs the bad." So, or God will say, "You tried to live a pretty hard, you know, a good life, but you tried. You know, you did some of the things right. There were some things you did that was maybe better than others." so you can come to heaven if that concept was true or is true then man is not saved here on the earth he is saved or condemned somewhere in the future but that whole idea popular as it may be popular as it may be that christ will come gather all people pass judgment send them to heaven or hell that whole idea, it flies in the face of scripture. In other words, if you compare it to scripture, it does not hope. There is absolutely no place in the word of God where we find anything even coming close to that statement. Scripture does not say that Christ will come, gather all people, pass judgment, and send them either to heaven or to hell, depending on where they go or where they stand. Scripture tells us that Christ will come in the air, will appear and take all the true believers to be with him and leave all others behind to face the most horrible events in all of human history. Then later, he will come back with with them in great glory, those who have been raptured. He will come back with them and they will reign together for 1000 years on the earth. Then after that, Jesus will defeat all his enemies, including Satan. Then he will cast Satan and all followers of Satan into the lake of fire. Then he will lead his own people into perfect joy, into eternity. Hallelujah. Praise God. So... As I said last week, the next great event to take place is the rapture of the church. Nothing else. But what exactly is the rapture? Who will it include? How much time will we have to prepare for rapture? Now, let's. we have looked at 1 Thessalonians 4, verse, verse 13. 18. If you look at the verse 15, it tells us about those of us who are still alive, who will be caught up and all of that. Okay? All right. Now, I want us to look at the last verse of chapter 4, where it tells us that we should encourage one another with these words. King James says, you comfort one another with these words. My question is, is the rapture something that will be encouraging? Or something that will be comforting to most people who are around when it happens in other words those who will be left behind will it be something encouraging or will it be something comforting and I have found throughout scripture that this is going to be an event that will be anything but a comfort or an encouragement to most people on the earth especially church people especially believers of Jesus And we must keep the context in mind when looking at this verse, verse 18. Who is Paul trying to encourage when he speaks about the rapture? As I said, Paul was addressing a situation where certain believers who were anxiously waiting for the return of Christ in those days were concerned that those who had died in the Lord would miss the rapture. But that is exactly what separates them from most of the church today what am i trying to say majority of the church people today are certainly not looking forward to rapture in fact many even do not believe that will happen because it has been said over and over and over again that there's going to be a rapture many don't believe it but the church in the early days they were expectant it was it was something that was a part of them daily? They looked, it looked like a new day was the day of rapture for them. They were, up, they were every second in time expecting it at any second in time. They wove their lives around it. These Thessalonians were a group of believers who took the word of the Lord to heart. In John 14, Jesus said that he was going to prepare a place for them. And if he went to prepare a place, he would come back for them. And they believed it. They believed it. They held on to the word of God. They were waiting for the return of Christ. They were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting. They kept on waiting. And they waited and they waited and they waited and they waited. But most professing Christians will cringe at the thought of Jesus coming back at any moment. Beloved, if we're really looking at, or if we're really looking anxiously for the imminent return of the Lord, how different will our lifestyles be? If daily, you were imminently, you were anxiously, sorry, you were anxiously waiting for the return of the Lord, how different would your lifestyle be than it is today? How many of us who were out eating on a Sunday, playing uh, football on a Sunday, than being in church? How many of us would have would have would have rather not been in church than being where we were? How many dusty Bibles, dirty Bibles, would have been cleaned off and read? How many of of, of our unsaved loved ones, would have been contacted and, 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 and have the word of God shared to them. If we ourselves have the conscience of the return of the law, of the rapture of the church, it will guide our lifestyle. How many of us wouldn't have fallen to our knees in repentance over the things that we thought we're getting away with? Many believers do not even think or consider the rapture in their their lives. They don't even think about it. They are just living their lives and that is it. But beloved, the early church, daily, they were waiting for the return of the Lord. They died waiting. And beloved, the Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are not dead at that time, Will be caught up and we'll meet those who have been changed from the grave and we we'll all have the same body as Jesus and we'll meet Jesus in the air and together we'll be with him the rapture of the church is something that we should be able to find comfort in because the rapture of the church is when God comes for his own so Christ in you the hope of glory I hope that scripture makes sense to you now. We got it, but we don't understand it. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Because at at the appearance of Christ, when he sounds the sound with the trumpet call of God, you shall be glorified. In a twinkling of an eye, you shall be caught up. So Christ in you, Christ is your hope. So the rapture or the message of the rapture of the church is something you should find comfort in. But that will only happen only if we are living in such a way that we will not find ourselves embarrassed or find ourselves ashamed if the Lord were to come and catch us unaware. So sometimes ask yourself, if the Lord came at this hour, unawares to me, will I be raptured? Will I be taking? Answer it in your heart. And then we move on. Praise God. It's very important. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, based on this introduction, let's look at the facts as they are revealed to us in the words of Scripture. Now, the first thing I think, which is one of the greatest aspects of this whole event, is in verse 16 where the bible tells us for the lord himself will come down from heaven wow i just love that that part of the scripture it says for the lord himself will come down from heaven the one who comes will be none other than jesus himself it will not be it will not be uh, michael it will not be gabriel it will not be any other no substitutes but the jesus we have heard of the jesus whom we are following the jesus whom we are serving it is the lord himself who will come down from heaven remember as i said earlier in john 14 he told the disciples he was going to repair a place and if he goes he'll come back to take them to be with him he said clearly i will come again and from scripture we are now understanding That is exactly what is going to happen. The heavens will burst wide open. Hallelujah. And Jesus will come forth in all his glory, waiting, standing there in the heavens. And he'll be ready to snatch up his children out of this sinful world. And he'll take us home to be with him. Oh, hallelujah. Remember, once upon a time, Jesus was suspended between heaven and earth. He was hung on a cross as if he was too good for the earth and not good enough for heaven. That was the cross of suffering. But glory be to God, because of what he did, there will be no suffering again when he comes back. And remember that Christ is the bridegroom, and the church is the bride. And I believe that as he is there in heaven, his heart is overflowing with anticipation because soon he will meet his church the bride and he will take all those loved ones home to be with him forever oh hallelujah and I picture in my mind that the Lord anticipated as he hung on the cross as he looked down through all the ages and saw all those who would come to believe in him after he had died resurrected and gone to the Father he knew What they will be saved from and what was in store for them and i believe that as he thought of this he must have he must have rejoiced big time rejoicing what in the privilege of making the supreme sacrifice to save us and now he's coming and the anticipation of jesus will be greater why because he's coming to gather his believers from all over the earth. He's going to raise the bodies of all those who have loved him and died in the faith. Yeah. And the same verse 16 says with a loud command, with a shout. This is what we call the shout of victory. Where Jesus himself will give a shout that resounds with mighty power. This shout that will be given by Jesus, will be heard by every believer upon the face of the earth, in every corner of this universe. When Jesus shouts with that shout of victory, every believer will hear. But also, one thing we should understand, that shout will also be a shout that will penetrate the graves. Whether the grave is on the highest mountain, whether the grave is in the deepest of the sea, hallelujah. The sound of victory will enter even the graves, and the dead in Christ will rise by that sound of victory. Oh, hallelujah. I hope you are being blessed tonight. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the you know greatest miracles that took place during Jesus' early earthly ministry. One of the miracles, one that pierced the hearts of those who were open towards Christ yet then they were raised you know remember it was when jesus stood one day by a graveyard and he cried out lazarus come forth in fact lazarus was dead according to the scriptures he was very dead bible says he stinketh but even in the grave he heard the voice of his master and he came forth beloved it could be that the person who has passed on his body would have rotten and be left with bones. But when the Lord gives the loud shout, those that, that shout will enter and penetrate into the graves and will be heard by every believer in the corners of the universe and everywhere in the universe. Can you imagine what, what it must have been like for Lazarus? You are down there talking with other saints, those who have died in the Lord, other people who have died, Moses and co. You are discussing, talking with them, and all of a sudden, you hear your name being called by the Master. Oh. Oh. Hallelujah. One of these days, we will hear this, the shout of Jesus. It will sound in the ear of every believer. And let me say this. Any believer who hears it will be taken. The rapture. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beloved, let us take the rapture message to heart. Let us be in expectation of the Lord. Tomorrow may not be for us. We might not even have tomorrow. It could come at this moment, as I'm talking right now. It could happen. So let us have it in our hearts. Let us think about it. Let us let the reality of rapture keep us in check. So that we will not move our aloof and will not just do things anyhow. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. kosha I believe we 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 are being blessed. I, I believe we we are being blessed. I believe 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 we are being blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you. I pray that when the Lord comes, we shall be ready. I pray that we shall not be found wanting. I pray that we shall not be left behind. I pray that we shall not, we shall not, we shall not, we shall not bite our lips and say that we have wasted our time. I pray that we shall not, but rather I pray that when we hear the shout, we suddenly find ourselves in the air, going to meet the Lord. I pray that that becomes our portion. I pray that it becomes our portion i pray that it becomes a portion hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus in the mighty name of jesus amen now let me say something i want to say that With the trumpet, the trumpet, I want to say something about the trumpet, actually, if I can. Now, it said, and with the trumpet call of God, and with the trumpet call of God, and with the trumpet call of God. God." Now. This means that there is to be a great gathering. Now, in the olden days, when the trumpet was blown in Israel, it was to gather the people together. Sometimes it was to gather them for battle. Other times it was to announce the year of jubilee. Other times it was to begin a great feast. Today, the trumpet also can be used for occasions where special meaning is desired. For example, um, in history, we are told of a man called Winston Churchill. Now, Winston Churchill planned his own funeral, which took place in St. Paul's Cathedral, right? Now, after the benediction, at his direction, a burglar who was positioned high up in the church's dome played something we call taps. Taps was the universal sign that the day was over. So anybody who played who knew taps in those days was a sign that the day was over so just as the person played the taps as the taps was finished as Winston churchill instructed another bugler placed on the other side of the dome played what we call the notes of revere the notes of revere now that tells us that it was time to get up and that was Winston churchill's testimony that at the end of history, the last note will not be taps, that the day is over, but rather it will be revealed, which means what time to get up. So, beloved, people who are, who have died in the Lord may have been or can be positioned with taps, which is the day is over. The day is over for them. They have died in the Lord. Their bodies have perished, right? They are on the ground. But... There's going to be a riviere. There's going to be a sudden change, a sudden trumpet call of God. And that trumpet call of God will be a wake-up for those who are falling asleep in the Lord. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The trumpet call from heaven will not mean it is the end. Rather, it will be the sound to get us up. To gather the saints in the air. To join the great multitude of heaven. And the shout will be so loud. And the voice will be so clear. The shout of victory of Jesus will be so loud. His voice will be so clear. And the trumpet call will be so distinct. That every child of God will hear and go and meet him in the air. And this will be the greatest reunion the world has ever known. Beloved, every trouble will be over and Jesus will be throwing his arms around us, his loving arms, and his own heart, I believe, will be bursting with overflow of of joy. Amen. Yeah. And the same verse 16 also says with well, the voice of the archangel. Now in the Greek it reads literally voice of archangel. Now the intention is not to identify angelic Michael's voice, but is to emphasize the quality of the voice. What am I talking about? The voice of authority. All authority in heaven and on earth is the voice of Jesus. So, so the voice of the archangel is not necessarily talking about an angel or an archangel, which is Michael. No. But it's talking about the quality of the voice. That is the voice of authority. All authority in heaven and on earth. So, with the trump call of God, with the shout of victory, when Jesus speaks, oh, hallelujah. Beloved, those who are in the grace will rise. Those who have not died yet will also will hear it distinctly. As well as the trumpet sound. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. But beloved, we must take note here that we get these events in biblical order. Verse 16 ends with, And the dead in Christ will rise first. But I thought that the instant we die, we go to be with the Lord. Yes, our spirit does. That's true. But this old shell remains behind the body. So when you read 1 Corinthians, the chapter number 15, 1 Corinthians, the chapter number 15 and the verse number fifty, it says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Then it goes on to say, listen, I tell you a mystery. Death has been swallowed up in victory. That scripture can be found in Isaiah 25, verse 8. And the last scripture says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Hallelujah. So, beloved, when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. Amen. The dead in what? Christ will do what? Rise first. Thank you, Jesus. The dead in Christ will rise first. Very, very, very important. Let's understand. The dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. So, so, this is where the perishable will clothe itself with the imperishable, where mortality will put on immortality. Now, those old dead bodies will be reunited with a person's soul and spirit, but it will not be that same broken body, that one body, that decayed body, that weak body that we once had. It will be like the Lord's own resurrected body. It will be a body. That possesses the identity we had in this life one that others will recognize when they see coffee they will say this is coffee but it will be coffee in a in a, in a glorified body what do I mean by a glorified body it will be a body that is free from decay and death a powerful body that is not subject to disease that is not subject to weakness that is not bound by the laws of nature that's the body we are receiving that is what we call Mortality putting on immortality the perishable clothing itself with the imperishable beloved the glorified body is the imperishable And after that We who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air Paul says that those people will be changed in a moment in a twinkle of an eye, we'll be like him. And that's the rapture of the church. But there's one last thought I want to touch on and we'll end it for tonight on the subject of the rapture of the church. The expression caught up, the expression caught up. Now, that expression caught up, from which we pick up the Latin and get the word rapture, has a very important counterpart. Now, we are not only caught up to heaven but we are rescued from the earth and all that is in store for those who remain. I repeat, we are not only caught up to heaven, but also we are rescued from earth and all that is in store for those who remain. Hallelujah. All Alright. Right? Okay. Now, a good illustration of the phrase caught up would be a man who... um, At the last possible second, let's say, rescues a child from the path of a speeding vehicle, you know, and he quickly rushes off with the child to safety. Because the child will be snatched away before the great tribulation overtakes the world, those that are left behind, those who never made a commitment to Christ or kept any commitment to Christ, will be left on the earth to face the most awful period of time in all of world history. Now, what will happen to the saints after they are caught up to meet the Lord in the air? We will look at that on Tuesday, God willing, where we will look at the judgment seat of Christ, where believers will be brought before the Lord, hallelujah. But tonight, I want to close with this. We do not know the exact day or the time of the Lord's coming, it is not for us to know but from the signs of the times, we know it won't be long. Maybe it could be even tonight. It could be at midnight. It could be tomorrow morning. It could be when you're going to buy something to eat. That is when rapture will take place. So what is your responsibility? Beloved, be ready. Pray always that you be counted worthy to escape all the judgments that will come upon the earth. Hallelujah. Let me say something. If you've ever heard of the 1960 presidential campaign in the United States, that's according to history. During the 1960 presidential campaign, John F. Kennedy often closed his speeches with a story of something they called Colonel Davenport. Now, Colonel Davenport was the Speaker of the uh, Connecticut House of Representatives. Now, one day in the year 1789, they said, according to history, that the sky of of Hartford was darkened to an extent that some of the representatives of the Connecticut House were glancing out of the windows and they feared that the end had come. And some were crying for an immediate adjournment. But according to history, Colonel Davenport rose up and said, he said something, quote-unquote, he said, the Day of Judgment is either approaching or it's not And he said, if it is not, there is no need for adjournment. If it is, I choose to be found doing my duty. Therefore, he says, they should bring candles in. What is this story talking about? Rather than fearing what is to come, we are to be faithful until Christ returns. So, beloved, this evening, I ask you. Tonight, I ask you. If it's morning, wherever you are, I ask you. If it's afternoon, wherever you are, I ask you. Where do you stand? Will you be willing to continue on as you are if you knew the Lord will come tonight? If you knew the Lord will come tomorrow? And so, beloved, rather than fearing what will come or what is to come, rather be faithful until Christ returns. Keeping your eye on the price, Christ in you is the hope of glory. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Wherever you are, commit your heart to the Lord and tell the Lord that, Lord, help me to be faithful until you return. Help me to continue serving you as I should. Help me that you will not come and meet me unawares, not prepared. Living a life that does not please you. Lord, keep me. Let that be your prayer right now. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. Wherever you are listening from, let that be your prayer tonight. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord for grace. Because the rapture will happen. We are talking about it, but it will happen. Some people will say, Majid spoke about it years ago. Why didn't I take it serious? He spoke about it. I heard it. My pastor spoke about it in church. I did not take it serious. I went for a camp meeting. I heard it. Why didn't I take it serious? At that time, the church, will have been taken away and those who have been left behind will now be biting their lips because what will be about to be unleashed on the earth will be something else. We have to pray to the Lord. In the next few seconds, talk to God. Ask God, God that, Lord, help me. Help me to keep the focus. Help me not to miss it. Help me not to lose it. Help me not to lose it, Lord. Talk to Jesus right now. Talk to Him. Tell the Lord everything that is in your heart and ask the Lord that he shall help you to be the Christian that will bring him glory. If you feel your relationship with God is not that strong, ask that you shall have a renewal of your relationship with him. Ask that from tonight you shall take him serious and that you shall live for him and no one else. Some of us, in following the Lord diligently and genuinely now, you have to get rid of certain friends and certain acquaintances, certain colleagues, certain associations that will not help you if that is the case kindly do so because you cannot put your eternity destination at risk because of a friend because of an acquaintance because of a husband or a wife let all these things i'm talking about let god be at the center of it if god is at the center of it you shall know how you shall live for him In Jesus' precious name, shall we pray? Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that you have given us the awareness of your coming, your coming for your church, your bride. We pray that, Lord, you shall help us to be counted worthy. That when you give the shout of victory with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, that, Lord, we will hear you clearly and clearly and clearly. In the precious name of Jesus, help us to live lives that are worthy of you help us to live lives that will bring you glory help us to live lives that will glorify your holy name help us to be lights in dark places in our workplaces in our schools in our homes in the name of jesus let us be examples in our society as well and let your name be glorified in everything we do in jesus precious name have we prayed Amen. amen And so beloved, tonight, this is where we will draw the curtains down. It's been an awesome time of fellowship with everyone. And I believe that we have learned a lot. And I want to say that 100 days of declarations is left with 7 days. A week from now, we will be done By the grace of god isn't god wonderful isn't god wonderful isn't god wonderful if you have not been following i ask that you use the the next seven days to faithfully follow and be a part of it today was day 93 where we shared something from the book of genesis chapter 49 and the verses 8 to 9. And our declaration was that we declare that our enemies will fear us and we declare ourselves victorious in every battle that lies ahead of us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we declare that God will guard us jealously. Amen. Hallelujah. That is our day 93 declaration. Tomorrow is day 94 A week today will be 100 days and beloved, There will be an information coming out by the end of the week concerning Thursday, concerning 9th of December. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be blessed as we celebrate the end of 100 days of prayer and declarations concerning our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's also note that next year, something big is cooking in the pot. And at the right time, when God gives us the green light we shall release the information to you as well and let's also say that from next year also we shall have a telegram account that will be open to us and um, i believe that most of the messages many people have been sending me requests for messages and all of that so if we want to listen to the messages again and again and again there shall be a place on telegram that will be for that sole purpose from january next year we'll be doing that By the grace of God as well. Keep praying for us that the Lord will continue to strengthen us. That we shall continue to live for him. To obey what he tells us to do. And not to complain. Hallelujah. We pray that God will give us the grace. To be able to do that which he has sent us to do. And so tonight beloved. I will sign off here. And I pray that tonight ask you have heard the part two of this message let it sink in let the spirit of god speak to you and let your life be put in order to the glory of god in jesus precious name on tuesday next week tuesday which will be i think the 7th of december the 7th of december we'll be looking at the judgment seats of christ don't miss it It's going to be an exciting time and we're going to learn a lot as the Lord himself directs us. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your evening and enjoy your night. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your minds and guard your hearts and make it at peace with Christ. May your sleep be sweet and may God remember you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Shalom. And good night. God bless you. Bye.
1: Say onyame kokro beni. Onyame kakra beni. Can okay, try this about the Nina go to Rome Onya me ko ko Onya me ka kwa <laughs> ka beni Onya me ko ko Onya me ka Let me say that again. Onyameko Yameco Proco Beni, On Yameca Craca Beni, On Yameco And there's another part, there's another part. It says, A body need not go to. A body nina go to wood Onyameko Onyambe ka Let me try that again. can I try that again? A body nina go to woodini na go to